0: Purpose and position. 1 Peter 2 9. We are a royal priesthood, amen? But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you might proclaim the excellence of him who's called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We've got to understand that. That's so important that we get that. And One of the things that I think that we have forgot about is we need to learn to surrender to the Lord. If you can surrender to the Lord, it's amazing how much better your marriage will be. Amen? If you can surrender to the Lord, it's easier to be a parent. If you can surrender to the Lord, it's easier being a child of a parent. You've got to learn to do that. Your lack of surrender will impact those who could have helped you be in a position to fulfill God's will. Let me say that again. Your lack of surrender will impact those who could have helped you to be in a position to fulfill God's will, his plan for your life. So when we don't surrender, we put a wall around us. And it's hard for us to get to the position that God's called us to be in. So we need to remember that. Love is one of the keys to help a person know God's value for them. To know God's value for them. Learn how to release love from the Father's heart. That's what God wants us to do. Learn how to release love from the Father's heart. Authentic modeling of the fruit of the Spirit will reach others in a greater number than anything else. Let me say that again. Authentic modeling of the fruit of the Spirit will reach others in a greater number than anything else. As you know God and you know your identity in Christ, you will sense the anointing that God has put upon you. And you will also sense when God is moving you to do something. So important that we get this. And so those were just a couple of things that I had written this week in my phone, because I thought, man, that's so important, God, that we get that and we put that into our lives. Very important. I want parents to write this down. I've given you some tools in the past to help you with your children and your teenagers, but this is another tool that's out there that's very good for you to be able to just plug into your children. It's, uh, it's to help them on any type of their electronic devices, whether it's an iPad, iPhone, their computers. It's called Canopy, C-A-N-O-P-Y. And it's canopy.us, canopy.us. And it will help you to guard your children from sexting, you know, when they're doing this stuff, getting on. It's parent stop pornography from being on their devices and they can't beat this stuff. They can't escape it. They can't get away from it. It prevents it from happening. Canopy.us. Every parent should put that get that app and put that on their children's devices to protect them. Amen. To protect them. So that's just another one that I wanted you to have. It triggers things when a child gets on there or somebody's get on there trying to entice them into it, you get a trigger on your phone or on your device letting you know what's going on. So anyway, just another good little device that's very important for us to have as parents. And we shared about two months ago four or five others that are really good. Um, And you can call the office and get those too. But anyway, um, you and I are positioned for the kingdom of God. It's not about being in full-time ministry. I always help people say, well, if I were just... Full-time at the church, I would be so fulfilled. You should be full-time wherever you are for the kingdom of God. And God needs you out there. We've got enough hibernating in the church. We need people to take Jesus out there, amen, into the workplace, into the neighborhood, uh, to make a difference, uh, to be able to make your business a light for Christ, uh, to make your neighborhood a light for Christ. It's important that we be like Jesus wherever we are. Turn to your neighbor and say, are you like Jesus? Just ask him that. Are you like Jesus? So the first point today, we're going to read a few scriptures here, but the first point today is what is God's will for you? What are you? We are to reflect Jesus in all that takes place. We're to reflect Jesus in all that takes place. Are you reflecting Christ? We all mess up and we all have our bad days. We all have our struggles. But are you doing what it takes to reflect Jesus despite your failures? Come on now. If you understand who you are in Christ and you mess up, you understand you can get back up, repent, and keep moving on. Amen? You don't have to stay down. That's how much the Lord loves you. That's why it's so important for us to understand our identity in Christ. We are to reflect Jesus. 2 Corinthians 3.18. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. You and I are reflecting the glory of God, and we're being transformed daily. We're growing. That's why I joked last week when I said, man, when we get in our 70s, 80s, or 90s, then we go be with Jesus. A lot of us, man, we've learned so much, and it's like, we're finally getting it, and then the Lord takes us home. There's a journey. There's a journey. Acts 4.13. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished, and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. When you understand who you are in Christ and you spend time with Jesus, you you become a magnet to attract others. It's so true, and we've got to be able to do that. We are believers who love Christ so much that we just want to be used by him. Amen? Be poured out. I get up in the morning and I pray, Lord, use me today. Take me where you want me to go. Help me to meet the person you want me to meet. Help me to say the things you want me to say. What is on your heart? And then get me to that point where I can help fulfill that, God. I used to laugh a lot because I always told the Lord I just felt like I was on a dusty trail with him. I never knew where I was going, but it was a lot of fun. Where are we going today? I don't know. Kick off your sandals. You know, go this way. No, go this way. Be there. You never know what you're going to encounter or who you're going to encounter, but you open yourself up to say, here am I, Lord, use me. Amen? Amen. Here am I, use me. You were born not to exalt you, but to know Jesus. Let me say that again. You were born not to exalt you, but to know Jesus. He wants us to know him. And, oh, it's so good the closer you get to him. It's amazing what he tells you, how he directs you, and how he gives you a peace in the midst of everything. I had a friend call me from Florida this morning as I was driving into the church, and he was like, Owen, have you heard all the chatter? I said, what chatter? He said, you know, the same two teams were playing in the Super Bowl back in 2020, and now they're in that sin city a lot of people saying some bad stuff's going to happen i'm like i don't really have time to worry about the chatter because i'm all about the good stuff that jesus is doing in people's lives we can't live in fear amen we can't look at the what ifs the what ifs we can't let people shoot on us You should be doing this. You should be listening to this. You should be doing Don't let people shoot on you. Are you getting it? They'll take you all kinds of trails and stuff. Man, listen to the Holy Spirit and just do what Jesus has called you to do. If you're in that store and you're waiting on another customer, just love them. If you're in that house and you got old Grumpy Bear coming home, just love him. If you're in that house and she's a dripping faucet, just get a cup. Each day is an adventure, amen? Thank God for the opportunity to be with them, because we don't know what tomorrow holds. And we are to love them as Christ loved the church each and every day. So my goal is to know and please Jesus. I remember when I met Shaloi, I just wanted to please her. I just wanted to please her. I wanted to be with her. I wanted, but I was very competitive. Anybody competitive here? And so we got, I really wasn't a tennis player, but I was pretty athletic. So she's like, I like to play tennis. Let's play tennis. So I'm just lobbing the ball to her. And, playing. and she's hitting it hard back at me. And I'm like, "Now we're just dating. I'm like, and she's, boom, boom. And she's beating me. And I just wanted to be with her. But I didn't want her to beat me. And she beat me in tennis. And I was not happy. You couldn't have seen the joy of the Lord in me. She's like, I won, I won, I won. And I'm like, you won, you won, you won. I'm not sure I want to go out with you anymore if you're going to be acting like this because you want to beat me and stuff. But I set it aside. I I swallowed my pride. And I said, we'll play this again next week as I go and practice all week. I'm not going to let you. She's never beat me again. We have to be careful that our flesh doesn't get in. And my flesh was getting in. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Be Christ-like. Philippians 2.13 tells us, For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. You see, Jesus makes it possible for us to please him instead of us trying to do it on our own. We need to realize that we cannot do it without Christ. But we also need to realize that you and I need one another. We need one another. There are some odd people in the world. Weird people. Freaky people. Strange people. But God can use them in the kingdom, amen? Some of you are pointing at your spouse, don't do that this morning. Some, some teenagers are pointing at their parents. All parents are strange if you're a teenager. <laughs> they don't get it. They just don't get it. I want to go back to Ephesians 4, grace to grow, to engage, to equip, to edify, to empower. I'm going to start at verse 12 to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain the unity, everybody say unity, unity, of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of fullness of Christ so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind and doctrine by human cunning by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Now that just kind of reminds me of chatter going on. We can get carried away by, if you are spending all your time on social media and you're watching all these reels or watching all this stuff on Rumble or watching and you're seeing this and this and that, man, it will eat you up if you're not careful. It will taint your view, taint your life. Set that stuff aside. Get in the word of God and let the Holy Spirit direct your life. How many would be honest and say, I don't have time to watch that kind of stuff, so I don't? Let me see your hand. Bless those. People get so caught up in stuff. Oh, no, this is going to happen. Oh, no, this is going to happen. Oh, no, this is going to happen. I will, now this has nothing to do with the Lord, I will make a prediction about the Super Bowl. And I don't have a dog in this fight. I really don't like either team. San Francisco by 21 points. Watch and see. Okay, anyway, we'll move on. (laughs) But we have to understand, what is our goal overall? Do you see what's even going on around us? People get, oh, no, the president, he can't hardly talk. He can't say anything. He will step down before this election. He will step down. And you will see a new combo be brought up because there's a lot of world order things going on. And it wouldn't surprise me if we don't see the governor of California and one of the senators referred to as Pocahontas, if we don't see them as a team that will come together and blow a lot of people away. Mark my words, there are things happening because there are evil people in charge. But you know what? No matter what, Jesus is still in charge. Because America is full of sin, folks. And there is judgment in the house of God, but there's judgment going on outside the house of God. We can't keep doing the ungodly things that this nation is doing. We can't keep doing that. When I think about the Vietnam War, and I was too young to ever... Had to have registered for that or anything, but I think about 58,000 Viet- Vietnam veterans that died in that war. And when I started watching some of the things and what was going on, President Lyndon Johnson wanted to be reelected in the 60s. He understood that a sitting president that had a war going on was always reelected. There wasn't a war going on, so he got us into a war with Vietnam so that he could be reelected, and he wasn't. That's how perverted our government has been for years. They don't care about our young men and women. It's all about the Caesars and what they want to accomplish. But praise God, there are praying people, fasting people, who say, God, you're still in charge, but I believe a lot of these people will face judgment someday for the evil that has been done and is being done. I'm just going to tell you, I don't trust any of them. And I don't put stock in them. I put stock in Jesus. Okay, that's all I'm going to say about that. So we're here to please Jesus. Let me keep reading out of Ephesians there. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. That's a great Valentine's set of verses. We can grow and build one another up. We don't have to get caught up in all these other things. And as we build one another up and as we die to self daily, it's amazing what God will do for us. Well, when's God going to answer my prayer? When the circumstances are right, and it's his timing. But he may be growing you in the process. He may be growing you in the process. It's important that we understand that, that we're being molded and shaped so that God can prepare us for what's coming. 2 Corinthians 5.9 says, So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him, to please Jesus. Second point is this. Our greatest ambition is to be accepted of Christ. Our greatest ambition is to be accepted of Christ. It's important that we get that. Now, I did this last week, but we're going to do it again because I feel it's important. And I know it was kind of long, but I feel like that we need to be able to look at who we are in Christ and walk that out. I, th- I feel like a lot of folks are like, oh, well, you know, it's been kind of hard to to live for Jesus every day. If you guys will put up Neil Anderson's. It's in his book there. These are scriptures. I'm accepted of Christ. And I'm going to give you the scripture, and I'm going to give you a little meeting beside it so that you can get this. And it is reviewed, but I want you to get this in your spirit. You can fulfill the purpose of Christ when you know who you are in Christ. It's all about our identity. Mm-hmm. Too many people are wandering and searching and struggling in the body of Christ because they don't know who they are in Christ. They, under, they don't understand God's got a perfect plan for them, and through trials, through struggles, he's going to work for them. Amen. Remember Peter? And He's like, "I'll die for you, Jesus." And they believe Peter was the one that cut off the servant's ear and Jesus had to heal the ear and he looks at Peter's like, "No, no, this is not the way." And Peter's like telling him, "I'll never deny you. You know, I'll fight for you. I won't let this happen." And Jesus says, "You'll deny me 3 times." And so, once Jesus is taken in and Peter's out there warming himself at the fire, at least he stayed close to Jesus. But then when they said, aren't you a Galilean? Your accent gives you up. You're one of his disciples. And what does Peter do? He starts cussing. And then they ask him again, and he uses foul language again, and he says, I'm not one of them, you know, and he denies Christ. Vulgarity. Can I tell you something? If you have a problem with vulgarity, it's a sure sign in the Bible. If you want people to believe you're not a believer in Christ, just Watch your mouth and what you say. Because he was trying to convince them he wasn't a Christian. He doesn't know Jesus. So he did it by his words, by cussing and using vulgarity. Is that maybe a sign of a non-believer? That's just a little nugget today to help somebody with what you're saying with your mouth all the time. Because a born-again believer is going to be a speaker of life, and I'm not going to have to worry about words he's saying So let's look at this, and you're going to amen after I say this, just like we did last week, because I want you to get this. John 1, 12, I am God's child. John 15, 15, I am Christ's friend. Isn't that good? You're Christ's friend. I am a friend of God. When you start understanding your identity and you start understanding who you are in Christ, it's not arrogance to believe I'm God's favorite. Because Scripture tells us we're all his favorite. Romans 5.1, I have been justified. 1 Corinthians 6.17, I am united with the Lord and one with him in spirit. 1 Corinthians 6:20 I have been bought with a price I belong to God. Amen. So when the devil comes along and tells you you can't, you shouldn't, don't do this, you're nothing, you're a loser, you've messed up. You go back and you read 1 Corinthians 6:20. 1 Corinthians 12:27 I am a member of Christ's body. Amen. Ephesians 1:1 I am a saint. Amen. You don't have to go through the Catholic Church. <laughs> you're a saint. Ephesians 1.5, that's going to get somebody mad. Ephesians 1.5, I have been adopted as, a chi- as God's child. Amen. That's so important. Ephesians 2.18, I have direct access to God through the Holy Spirit. Amen. Colossians 1.14, I have been redeemed and forgiven of all my sins. Amen. I'm going to read that again because some of you, including me, There's been a lot of stuff we've been forgiven of. I want Adam and Taylor and Brian Moore and Chuck to stand right now. All four of you guys. Just stand up, Brian. Stand up, Chuck. Stand up. These are some of the most sinful men you will ever meet in your life. Now, we're going to say that, and I'm standing with them. Some of the most sinful guys you will ever meet in your life. Oh, is that fun? Todd Tucker, stand up. You're right there. I want you to stand, stand up, Todd. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I, I love that. How? Oh, it's funny. Stand up, How. Right there. Some more sinful men. Do we have any more sinful men? Come on, man. Uh, how many sinful men do we have? I know you're living with a saint there sitting next to you, but how many more sinful men do we have? Come on now. I mean, when we look at that and we realize Colossians 1. 4, you guys can sit down now. I'm just It's humility to understand how much God has done for us. And I can joke about it, but I'm dead serious. And these guys are great guys because they've been forgiven. But when we try to live on our ungodliness, oh, my gosh. Things I want to do, I don't do. Things I don't want to do, I do do, says Paul. We're all in that same category, amen? Amen. Colossians 2.10, I am complete in Christ. Oh, man, that's a good one. I am secure in Christ, Romans 8, 1 and 2. I am free forever from condemnation. Boom! Because we know there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus, Amen. I ask for forgiveness, and it's gone. I I go to the Father, and I say, Father, yesterday I got really mad, and I flipped that guy off, and I told him where he could go in his pickup truck, and I asked you to forgive me. And you know what the Father says? I don't know what you're talking about, Owen, because it's under the blood. When you get that, I'm not telling you to go flip somebody off today. You say, well, this is kind of silly. No, this is true. There are people here that don't believe God can forgive them when they ask for forgiveness. Some of you old saints, well, I know this, Owen, I don't know why. Well, there's a lot of new saints here that need to hear this. That's why we have Socom, and and, uh, we've got some new things happening in Socom for the fall. It's going to be really cool what they're going to be doing, so I'm excited about it. Romans 8.28. I am assured that all things work together for good. Come on now. How many divorced people do we have? Let me see your hand. Come on, be real. Painful, terrible, hurtful, been wronged, been used, been abused. But you know what? Even what the devil tried to do to destroy your life, God can find some good because you can become a better person by looking back and saying, hey, that taught me some stuff. Amen? Yeah. That taught me some stuff. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to go through things like that. Romans 8, and 34, I am free from any condemning charges against me. Oh, that's good. Okay, three amens. Romans 8, 35, I cannot be separated from the love of God. Amen. Second Corinthians 1, 21, I have been established, anointed, and sealed by God. Isn't that good? Mm, I love that. Colossians 3.3, 3, I am hidden with Christ in God. Amen. Philippians 1.6, I am confident that the good work God has begun in me will be perfected. That's, that should have been the biggest amen of it, everything, especially for married spouses. Oh, Jesus, you're going to perfect him. Oh, Jesus, you're going to perfect her. Come on, there's your scripture of faith right there. I'm believing God's going to do that. Philippians 3.20, I am a citizen of heaven. This is not my home. It's a temporary place, but I will be with God forever. Amen? Amen. Just good hope. 2 Timothy 1.7, I have not been given a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind no matter what the chatter is out there. Hebrews 4.16, I can find grace and mercy in the time of need. Amen. First John 5.18, I am born of God, and the evil one cannot touch me. Amen. Let me say that again. I am born of God, and the evil one cannot touch me. That's good. I am significant in Christ. Matthew 5.13 and 14, I am the salt and the light of the earth. John 15, 1 and 5, I am the branch of the true vine, a, cha- a channel of his life. John 15, 16, I have been chosen and appointed to bear fruit. Acts 1, 8, I am a personal witness of Christ. 1 Corinthians three sixteen. okay. You get up in the morning, you get out of the tub or the shower and you're like, I can't look at me. I'm not what I used to be. You never were. Let me help us all out, okay? You got to quit beating yourself up. We are all getting older, amen? Quit focusing on the physical. Why? Because 1 Corinthians three sixteen. I am God's temple. Hallelujah! Look in that mirror and say, there's Jesus! Woo! When you understand who you are in Christ, it's not arrogance. Shalay sees me do that every morning. She's just over there going, oh, glory. No. 2nd. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 20, I am a minister of reconciliation. Say amen. amen. A minister of reconciliation. Ephesians 2, 6, I am seated with Christ in the heavenly realm. Amen. Ephesians three twelve, I may approach God with freedom and confidence. Amen. And then Philippians 4, 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's our encouragement, to know that he is with us. That's his word. His word tells us that. We should be encouraged, not worried about tomorrow, but living for Christ today. Amen? I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their seed out begging for bread. If he can feed the birds of the air, how much more than us? Amen? He's a loving and caring God. Luke 6, 43 through 45, for no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from bramble bush. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart His mouth speaks. Jesus is saying that if we want to have good fruit, we ought to be a good tree. Come on now. Jesus closes that if you want to have good fruit, your heart determines your fruit. It all starts deep in your heart. What are you focusing on? What's deep down in there? Your identity is found in Jesus and displayed by your fruit. Let me say that again. Your identity is found in Jesus, but it is displayed by your fruit. Is there love? Is there joy? Is there peace? Is there patience? Is there goodness, meekness, gentleness, self-control? Is there faithfulness? The fruit that is coming out of you. And I want my fruit to grow. You know, I love the gifts of the Spirit, and, and, and we all have giftings, but I want to tell you something. More important than the gifts of the Spirit is the fruit of the Spirit because Scripture tells us we're going to be judged by our fruit. You can be given all kinds of tongues and all kinds of interpretations and you can have prophecies and you can do all these things and have hospitality and you can be telling everybody what they need to be doing and exhorting and encouraging, but if you're mean as a snake because you have no fruit of the Spirit, they're not going to respect you and you're going to be in for a rude awakening. If Church Alive was known as a church of love, we would just attract all. We would attract all. If your marriage partner saw you as a person of love. Some of us use the statement that, well, I'm getting older and we've been married 45 years, so I don't have to do that anymore. That's not true. You still need to remain fruitful in your marriage. Amen? Our problem is we get rigid and stiff. And God's wanting to produce a branch here and produce some more fruit, and we don't want it because we don't want to change. Be pliable, amen? Let God produce some fruit in your life. We are to be the spiritual image of God. Be God's face on the earth. That's part of our identity. Accomplish God's will on this planet. That's our destiny. We are to be living out... Christ in all that we say and do. The serpent in the garden deceives Eve and persuades her that God is holding out on her. Did God really say Eve? He knows that you'll be this. You'll have this. He makes her think that God's holding out on her. The devil comes to try to twist scripture, to make you doubt God. And then he tells her, if you'll eat, you'll be like God, like she wasn't like God. Even Adam had it made. They had it made you want to be like God. Why? Because what was the devil doing? He was expressing what he wanted. He wanted to be like God, and he wanted to destroy God's creation. Satan attacked the foundation of our existence by making us feel like we lack. I'm not good enough. I don't look good enough. I'm not gifted enough. Because of my past, I shouldn't have. He highlights your lack to keep you down. That third point, we are to model unity. We're to model unity. And then the last point. We are called to make disciples. It's more than evangelism. It's more than telling them about the good news. It's helping them grow in Christ. It's helping them grow in Christ. His ultimate calling is for us to make disciples. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. We have come together to make it happen for Christ's kingdom. Stand with me this morning. There's no effective evangelism without discipleship. We need mentors in our life. When you see these people come forward and give their lives to the Lord, man, take them on and say, I want to help you grow. Get into a life group, that'll help you grow. Be a part of Wednesday night. God's ultimate desire is for us to commune with Him. Would you bow your heads this morning? He wants us to commune with Him. So as I look at our purpose, we are to reflect Jesus. Our greatest ambition is to be accepted of Christ. We are to model unity, and then we are called to make disciples so that we together and individually can commune with God and be all that Jesus wants us to be. There's so much more in this life that he has for you. There's no greater joy than knowing Jesus. With your heads bowed, Christians are praying right now. Why do you think he goes on to tell us in Ephesians 5, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her so important. If you don't know Jesus today, you can receive Him as your Lord and Savior. The Bible says, believe and receive. If that's you, would you lift your hand and say, Owen, I don't know Christ. If you've given your life to the Lord, I don't want you to raise your hand, but if you haven't, I don't want to miss this opportunity. If you don't know Christ today and you're like, man, I feel this tugging in my heart, like I should do this, that's the Holy Spirit telling you, yeah, that's you. Anybody, lift your hand up and take it back down. I don't want to miss you. Don't want to miss you. That's good. We're going to believe that everybody knows the Lord. So to all these believers, all of us this morning, are you here this morning? I'm not going to have you come forward, but you say with head bowed, nobody looking around, Owen, I really struggle with my identity in Christ. It's probably my mess ups, the way I think, but I struggle believing he loves me, And he has a purpose and plan for him. Nobody looking. Would you lift your hand up and say, just keep me in prayer. Hold it up just for a moment. I want to see those hands. Yeah. A lot of hands going up. You see, that message is for you today. Yes. You teenagers, believe me, that that is a challenge at your age. Because you mess up and you think things. You're like, oh, man, how can I call myself a Christian? Just repent and go on. God will walk you through that season. It's okay. We all went through that. There's been a lot of hands that went up. Anybody else remember me on, because I really don't get my identity in Christ. Yes, yes, yes. My past is haunting me, and and the devil is just telling me where I lack all the time. Anybody else? Yes, yes. Jesus, Mm. show them how much you love them. Every hand that went up, you died for them. You saw their past sins, their present, and their future, and you still went to the cross. And it had, had it just been them alone, you still would have done it for them. Let them forgive themselves because they've asked you to forgive them. Help them to release that condemnation and not believe the lies from the pit of hell. I just pray right now. Let your shalom, your peace, rest upon them. And let them take these scriptures that are on this outline today, put them in their Bible, and just read them weekly until they get them in their spirit. Because you love them so much. If you lifted your hand, just quietly say, forgive me, Jesus. Forgive me, Jesus, for doubting your love. For letting my flesh or the enemy deceive me. Forgive me. So, Lord, help them to walk in you and give them that assurance not only of how much you love them, but help them to start loving themselves so that they can love others. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to somebody and say, you're going to have a great week. Let them know that you're going to have a great week. God bless you. We'll see you next Sunday.